0: It may feel like it's dead week for USC football, but there's plenty of movement going on with the roster and the men's hoops team improved to seven and three. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you are watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. And I just want to always say thank you to everyone who's uh, coming along for the ride. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you're following along on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that red subscribe button. It means a lot. And uh, to those of you who have, thank you. And you can always follow me on my Twitter at Mark Colkin M A R C K U L K I N. So the Trojans beat the Titans. Sounds like a hell of an action movie, if you're uh, if you're into that type of gladiator type of action stuff. Uh, but USC men's hoop they beat Cal State Fullerton sixty-four to fifty. Uh, Wednesday night, there was an 8 p.m. tip-off in front of a very intimate crowd at the uh, the Galen Center, about 1,500 people. It's finals week at USC, so uh, the student section was kind of small. Understandable, Wednesday night. Nevertheless, uh, we won't spend a lot of time on this Uh, basketball. We know everybody's looking forward to football, but like I said, I like basketball. I used to coach high school basketball. And uh, you're going to like basketball by the time you're done. following me on uh, Locked on USC. Anyways, um, this team is, it's a new team. It's its different than the, any of the teams you've been familiar with in the past with under Enfield. He's always had that big superstar, you know, kind of one and done type of player. Um, he doesn't have that this year. It's, it's much more of a, uh, it's a. It's definitely a smaller team. There's no big guy in the middle that you can, uh, you know, pound the ball inside. Uh, Josh Morgan is more of a, uh, a defensive player in their inside presence. So with that said, um, they beat Cal State Fullerton 64 to 50. I think they found a team that shoots free throws worse than USC, and that's Cal State Fullerton. But uh, fortunately, uh, USC actually dealt, They did pretty well at the free throw line in this game. Uh, 70%, 12 for 17, whereas, uh, as I mentioned, Cal State Fullerton, they were 60%. So um, that's not where the game was won or lost. USC was up big, and then they kind of gave up a lead, and then they went up big again, gave up a lead, and then the final score, 64 to 50. They were led by the freshman Trey White, who had a career-high 15 points, uh, you could really sense him his game coming along. Get, he's becoming more and more confident uh, with each game, uh, if you're fortunate enough to watch them, or if you are watching them. The nice thing about Trey, he is what he, – he he's like a coach's wet dream. After the game, um, head coach Andy Enfield said, you know, basically – I'm paraphrasing here. I'll have the, uh, the post-game video up for everyone to watch at some point over there on YouTube. At wersc.com. But uh, Andy said that he's really coachable. And he, you know, it doesn't matter how you get the message across to Trey, he just gets the message. It doesn't matter how you say it. So you always want a player who's talented, but who's also coachable. And Trey checks off both of those boxes. And that just means he's going to get better as the season goes along. As I mentioned, he led the team tonight, 15 points. The team's second leading scorer was also a freshman, Kobe Johnson, and uh, he had 14 points. And then third was uh, Drew Peterson with nine. Uh, yeah, Kobe Johnson, 14 points, five for nine from the field. You know, USC struggled from behind the three point line, four for 20, but, uh, you know, Cal State wasn't. Kelsey fullerton wasn't much better there' six for 22 six for 22 from behind the three-point line overall um you both teams just shot the ball poorly and I asked anfield about his you know because he mentioned the spurt you know how they have these mental lapses and spurts uh he talked about it on the offensive side I asked him about it on the defensive side and You know, he tries to flip the script say, you know, defensively the team plays well, and he is accurate when he says that. Um, You know, when you look at their losses um, down the stretch, it's when the offense kind of disappears. You look at their loss to Tennessee in overtime in the Bahamas and the next night, next day against Wisconsin, same thing. Uh, They're losing close games. And I guess there's two ways of looking at it. You need to make baskets to win. I agree (laughs) wholeheartedly. But, you know, when USC has the lead, it's, it's late in the game and they give up the lead and you're holding on to win, kind of like when you did against Oregon State where you have to come back to win. Um, I guess it's it's a little bit of both right now. I'm looking at it from, a, from a, I guess, my criticism or my critique is coming at it from why are they having these defensive lapses? because Andy prides his teams on being, you know, defense first. So while I've become accustomed to their offensive droughts, um, defensively, I don't like to see it. So when USC is up by 21 late, and then all of a sudden they're only up, you know, by 12, 14 points, because they're allowing players on Fullerton's team to get to the basket, uh, that's a little disconcerting for me. And I, I and I know it is for Andy, too. He's not going to throw the team under the bus too much. So, take the positive. USC was able to uh, get another win. they won five in a row at home, by the way. Um, they're 2-0 in conference. You know, they defeated they won at home against Oregon State. They opened up on the road at Berkeley. They got a win there. Another now they're off for a week. They'll uh, come back and they'll take on Cal State Long Beach at Galen Center next Wednesday, same time, same place, 8 p.m. tip-off before uh, they host Auburn on the weekend. So there you go. That's your USC Hoops update. We'll get that out of the way. You always got to stay linked in with men's hoops. And you're going to stay linked in with me because I am a big-time hoops guy. And uh, like I said, I'll lead the horse to water. Just drink. You'll have fun, I promise. And since we're staying LinkedIn, let's talk about LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So when you're over there, you're going to add your job, and then the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools that, like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. <clears throat> it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. <clears throat> LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your jobs for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your jobs for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. So, as you know, Locked on USC is always going to be your first listen every day, right? Well, your second listen is going to be. You got to go check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. So go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here we go. We're back at it. It's dead week for football. Teams not practicing. Everyone's kind of collecting awards. Finding out their finalists for this, for that. It's a feel-good week, and everybody, you know, their bodies get to rest. Team, like I mentioned, it's finals week at USC for these student athletes. Let's remember that. They are student athletes. Allegedly. No, they are. They go to class. After after the basketball game, I'm gonna get right back to the football, I promise. You know, I, I heard uh, Drew Peterson talking to uh, a couple of his classmates about finals in the communications department. So, uh, they're when they're not playing basketball or playing football, they're going to class. With that said, newest member of the transfer portal from USC, defensive lineman Kobe Pepe, the defensive tackle out of uh, St. John Bosco. I always refer to Kobe as the man with no neck. He is what you describe as a a fire hydrant type of a guy. Uh, Literally just big, thick torso, the kind you want plugging up the hole in the middle. And you're wondering, well, you know, USC didn't have a lot of depth at that position and they kind of struggled at times throughout the year. Why wasn't Kobe out there? Why didn't he get a chance to play? Well, I guess we're starting to find out um, that, you know, let's remember last year was Lincoln Riley, and as far as the defense is concerned, Alex Grinch's first year. um, And they didn't recruit everybody on the team. They pulled a lot of guys in through the portal, uh, 20 overall. Uh, But when you inherit a roster Um, You quickly, I guess, figure out who you're going to want to keep around and and who's probably going to be moving on after one season. And with the transfer portal, that makes it really easy. Enter Kobe Pepe. So, again, we hope he uh, finds greener pastures and has a great career somewhere, but it's not going to be at USC. But, excuse me, my throat's really hurting Just got back from the basketball game, and it's late here on a Wednesday night. But um, lots of stuff going on. Uh, Some other guys, we got Jamil Muhammad. He's another linebacker from Georgia State. He's going to be taking a visit this weekend. And uh, I mentioned on the previous episode, you have uh, Travion Brown, the linebacker from Washington State, who's also making, who's been, uh, who's taking a visit to USC. USC has also made an offer to Josiah Stewart. He's an edge rusher from Coastal Carolina. You've seen those guys out there playing on a, on that aquamarine field. I actually kind of think their field looks cool against their uniforms. So what I want to talk about here, we know that USC um, needs to improve the uh, – not just the depth, but they need to bring in players on defense who can make an impact. One of the players on defense who made an impact in 2022 was Thule Tuya two. Well, on Wednesday, Thule and his family and Lincoln Riley, um, and I think Sean Newell was there. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He was at the uh at the rotary Thule was named a finalist for the, uh, Lombard- the Rotary Lombardi Award. And like I mentioned, Lincoln Riley was there. His family was there. I didn't see Alex Grinch there. Dramatic pause. Because if you've been following recruiting, and I know everybody follows recruiting um, who likes to follow USC football. It's the lifeblood. Life. We know that. And I even even though the transfer portal is changing that. The dynamics, um, recruiting is still important. So I saw Lincoln Riley and Brian Odom out at uh, Tackett Curtis's house, the only high school recruit that USC is offering at linebacker. I saw Lincoln Riley and Sean Nua at Braylon Shelby's house doing an in-home visit. So common denominator, Lincoln-Riley, common denominator, um, high impact, highly recruited players on the defense. Name missing. How about the name Alex Grinch? I'm not saying anything's going on behind the scenes. I'm just wondering where Alex has been on the recruiting front. He wasn't at the luncheon for Thule on Wednesday. Uh, Like I said, I didn't see him doing any of the in-homes with a couple of really important recruits at USC's after and Braylon Shelby and Taka Curtis. Now, uh, Alex was spotted on Sunday at the Caleb Cares function. Caleb Williams has his, his foundation, Caleb Cares. And Alex Grinch was spotted there. And there is a coaching convention going on in Vegas this week. Just throwing it out there. I'm sure there is an explanation. And I'm sure you guys out there who uh, are great investigators will will uh, respond with some feedback. Let us know. What's going on with Alex Grinch? Where has he been? Is he out there on the recruiting? We'll find out. Or is he... Uh, is he working on the defensive game plan for Tulane? I'm sure he's doing that. I've heard nothing. I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. So, as I mentioned, we know on the defensive side, USC is going to be really aggressive in the portal. We see offers that are going out uh, for edge rushers, for linebackers at other programs. Um, you know, I, I got to throw this. I feel the transfer portal has changed the way college football is played as far as recruiting is concerned. You know, programs like Washington State, they are going to see, you know, they almost become a developmental program for the Blue Bloods because this is where USC and the Alabamas and the Ohio States, they start to cherry pick the best players from the, from, you know, Washington state PAC 12, you know, it's a, it's a power five school, but you know, it's, it's Washington state, Oregon state, Cal, you know, um, these types of schools, they take a big hit when the portal opens. And it's where schools like USC can come in and scoop up, their best players. So where they might not have been highly recruited coming out of high school um, to my point that I spoke about on a previous episode, you now go to a co- you go to college for a year or two. You get developed and now you're ready to make an impact at a place like USC or Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson or where you know, programs with bigger names, bigger Nil, this is the direction of college football. You don't have to like it. I'm not necessarily in favor of it. I just I understand it. But it's out of control. I mean, you got you got players who theoretically can play for four or five different teams throughout their career. If you have a you know a redshirt year, a COVID year, a medical red shirt. You know, I saw something, I, I think it was on, um, oh, what's his name, um, from ESPN. Scott Van Pelt did a really cool, uh, I get called a monologue, uh, solo, solo, a monologue uh, talking about how JT Daniels, if things work out for him, perfect storm, he could play for every team, at least one team for every major conference. That's crazy if you think about it. So there you go. Transfer portal, it's going to strip teams of players because they think they're gonna end up at bigger and better programs, and some of them will. So uh, you can think about it. A lot of times you'll see a player enter the portal within days, he already has a new home, which means stuff was working behind the scenes. Other players, they're not gonna have a home. They're gonna to wanna to go back to the team that uh, they they think they're leaving, and they're going to find that spot's not available to them. That nil, you know, there are some of them are looking for just big paydays, secondary paydays, and a lot of them are going to get it. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Like I said, USC is being really aggressive in the portal. They have to be. Uh, like I mentioned, Josiah Stewart is another offer. From USC recently. He's an edge player from Coastal Carolina. Talked about the linebacker from Georgia State, Jul- uh, Jamil Muhammad. <coughs> Excuse me. And I mentioned uh, Travion Brown from Washington State. And uh, you know, again, Washington State is just a team. Already seeing uh, another linebacker into the portal, uh, Francis Maui Noah. Maui Goa. That name sounds familiar. It's because his brother is over there at Miami. Don't be surprised if uh younger brother Fran or older brother Francis ends up there as well. So there you go. Some defensive news uh regarding USC with the transfer portal. Kobe Pepe is another player. So we know USC is gonna have to be hard, you know, going heavy in there. Uh they already lacked depth and they just lost another player that look gotta be let's let's face it, he didn't play at USC. So uh, I guess it was time to move on. We wish you well, Kobe. We really do. All right. You can bet on that. I always wish our players well. So head on over to betonline.net because they are your number one source for all of your sports and betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and e-sports. And we, they've got it all for you at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, here we go. So we know defensively, USC is going to be uber aggressive in the transfer portal. But what about on offense? What about that? Over on uh, WeRSC.com, Eric McKinney put together a really good, uh, really good synopsis of USC's needs on offense. And as you know, WeAreUSC.com is promoting a, a really cool uh, VIP subscription. Ten bucks for a year, it'll get you all the way through um, USC's fall camp 2023. So the end of August. 2023, 10 bucks. Go check it out. But you know, when you're over there, you're gonna find uh we give you a lot of really good content. And some of it comes in the form like this from Eric, where he'll let you know that you know, he'll break down stuff for you what does USC need on offense? Well, quarterback wise, in the transfer portal, you might need a player there, but I don't think you need anybody. Why? Well, you've got Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner. Obviously, he's returning in 2023. You've got Miller Moss, who is going to, in my opinion, and should be starting the uh, Cotton Bowl against Tulane. Caleb needs to rehab his his hamstring. And a real quick note on um, Heisman winner, Caleb Williams. Rumor has it, according to Scott Schrader, from wersc.com. He's taken along seven of his offensive linemen to New York for the ceremony. That's how you get your team to follow you. So if there were any concerns about Caleb being a locker room leader, let's just cut it right there. And initially, you know, I wondered about how Caleb would, how the team would follow Caleb when he first got here. He's proven to be, Everything you want a locker room and a team captain to be. Locker room leader, team captain, he's there. So he's earned it from his team. And uh, he's proven it to me as well. Doesn't have to prove anything to me. Uh, but uh, I'm on board. I'm team cable, Even with those fingernails that I know a lot of people don't approve of. So what? The new – look, um, when I was in uh, – when I was Caleb's age – I, uh, I didn't care what other people thought, too. I was my own person. And I appreciate, I appreciate people who uh, do things their own way. I don't like followers. Caleb is not a follower. He's definitely a leader. On that note, back to the topic. USC doesn't really need anything in the transfer portal uh, at quarterback. Now, after the uh, Cotton Bowl, who knows? Does Miller Moss, uh, is, is Miller Moss in demand? We'll find out. I don't see him as that type of player who, who would follow the money for NIO. And in uh, class of 2023 recruiting, you've got Malachi Nelson coming in. So USC is really good at quarterback. What about a running back? Um, well, we know Travis Dye is heading to the NFL, right? Right. We know that um, Austin Jones actually has another year of eligibility left if he wants it. He didn't come out with the seniors on Senior Day when USC uh, beat Notre Dame at the Coliseum, so was, you know it, it's it sounds like he's coming back for another year. We know Rayleigh Brown's coming back. He'll only be a, a, a true sophomore. What about Darwin Barlow? Is he uh, is he going to jump to the portal? Is he coming back? And, uh, you know, USC's got a couple of guys coming in with the 2023 recruiting class. So is Darwin going to want to, is he going to come back? Is he going to jump in the portal? I guess we'll find out how much playing time he gets in the Cotton Bowl before he makes his decision. I I would imagine he would, if he does, it would be uh, after spring camp when the second uh, window portal opens up in May. What about wide receiver? Um, USC is losing Jordan Addison to the draft. Terrell Bynum, his uh, eligibility is up, so you got a got a lot of guys returning. You know, I don't think you're going to see USC go bring. Well, how many they bring in the last in the last transfer portal? Four, five, six guys. I don't think they're going to need to do that. You've got guys like you know Mario wilms Mario Williams returning, Taj Washington, Kyle Ford, Brendan Rice. You've got Michael Jackson III, uh, Kyron Hudson, who, by the way, watch for him to pop. Um, this guy, all, he's got really good hands. And I think him and Miller are going to have a really good connection in the Cotton Bowl. C.J. Williams. And here's a wild card name for you to keep an eye on. What about Gary Bryan? He uh, he's still around. Maybe he's just trying to finish up academically this semester. Maybe he'll maybe he'll play in the Cotton Bowl. Maybe he'll jump in the portal again after spring. Whatever Gary's plans are, he's doing it the right way. He's leaving every op- every door open, every opportunity. So um, we'll see. I'm not saying he's going to stick around. I'm just saying the way he's going about his business makes a lot of sense. And then let's not forget, you got uh, Zion Branch's younger brother, Zachariah, coming in. Um, so USC is going to be just fine at wide receiver. Oh, and by the way, Malachi Nelson's top guy at Los Alamitos, um, Makai Lemon, is also joining. USC hasn't seen anybody like Amon Ra St. Brown since Amon Ra St. Brown. Mackay Levin's going to remind you of him. He has got that bulldog inside of his chest. He plays the game much bigger than his size. So we'll see. Tight end, um, I don't know. I, I think USC's okay there, especially if they can get Deuce Robinson to uh, the five-star Out of uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, to uh, to commit uh, in February, he's going to be a February signing day guy. You already got Kate Eldridge in the class, and then uh, Malcolm Epps, another year of eligibility. Jude Wolfe, and hopefully, uh, you know, Ethan Ray is going to have a healthy year ahead of him. And Lake McCree, uh, obviously, he was. I, I I think he had the biggest year for USC's tight ends. Uh, although Josh follow went through the whole year, healthy. Congrats. Offensive line is where USC's probably going to hit the transfer portal. Um, they're losing some guys and they're, who knows what's going to happen after the bowl game, before the bowl game. As I mentioned, uh, I know that Players and parents are meeting with coaches, you know, just to kind of get a feel. So we'll keep you updated there. Um, But, yeah, I do anticipate USC needing to hit the portal for some offensive linemen, um, depending on who comes, who goes, who stays, opt-outs, injuries, that type of stuff. So we'll find out. There you go. Another episode of Locked on USC is in the books. Man, time flies when I ramble. Hope you enjoyed it. Wasn't too much basketball for you guys, just enough to to keep you filled in. And to, like I said, I'm going to lead you to the water. Follow the team; they deserve your support just as much as the football team. So, until the next episode of Locked On USC, everyone, you know what to do, right?